kills us every day It's the art that heals us It heals us every way It's your girl, Nikki, the host of the Art That Heals Us podcast. Thank you so much for being with me today. Um, I wanted to come on to be the very first guest because who else should be? (laughs) No, seriously, though, I created this podcast with all of my friends that I know personally in mind as creative people so that they can have a space to share their story because most of them are very impactful and powerful beyond what we can see on the surface via social media. Or even if we do know these people around the city or um, wherever they may live, uh, we really don't know, you know, all of the intricate details that got them to the place that they're at right now. So that was my goal um, in creating this podcast so that they can have a space to share their stories. And I am so very excited to share all of the guests that I have. I have a wonderful lineup. The majority of them do live in the Kansas City metro area and some I've known for so many years that it's almost as though we're family literally and there are uh, a handful of people that I have met in the recent past which I am very intrigued to hear their stories from their own personal perspective which I believe will be very helpful for so many people Um, and so I just wanted to you know kick this off by sharing you know a little bit about my story a lot of people do know because I have shared selectively transparently in the most recent past within the last probably three years or more um, I am Nikita Vane. I am an author published author as of last month hey I am also a singer um, which I've sang for many many years a lot of people do know me because of that alone um, I also am an artist and I own a own and operate solely a um, art studio in downtown Grandview, Missouri, which I began as a mobile painting artist, which I did paint and sip parties and art events starting way back in October of 2017. So if you're looking at the calendar, you may see that by the time this uh, podcast airs, I will be almost at the point of celebrating four years of entrepreneurship. Yay for me. And so um, I have learned throughout all of these things that I collectively do that I am just a creative person. And a lot of the times when people come to me, specifically in my studio, you know, they say things like, well, did you go to school for art? How long have you been painting those things? And they're very surprised that it's only been four short years. And I say that very humbly because there are lots of people that are my friends and people that I watch from afar that I literally admire that have been doing this for much along, uh, much along, <laughs> sorry, that do this um, for, um, you know, that have done this for such a long time and I believe that they definitely deserve their flowers and that's one of the reasons also that I you know have this space so that they can get them and um, I'm just I'm just very humbled by the thought that people can look at me in that way and see that I'm a visual artist because I definitely never ever thought that I'd be that I have had a dream since I was a young girl that I would always be a nationally recorded my goodness, my grammar today, (laughs) a nationally recognized recording artist, um, because that's just what I did. I came from a musical family and I just sang my whole entire life. That's it. 
And so I never thought that I'd be in this space where I could artistically express myself in so many different facets. And so I am so grateful to my creator for creating me to create. I always say that. It's my favorite line. And I'm just glad that I'm able to flourish in that, you know, and um, and thrive. You know, it's, it's a really great feeling to know that when you have complicated emotions or complicated feelings or just ways that you feel like you want to break out of your shell, that I have several different outlets to do that. And that's very humbling because... There are lots of people that say things like, well, I wish I was creative like you. I do believe that everyone has some form of creativity in them. Most likely they've suppressed it. Um, One thing that I also have said is that when we get to these places where we're able to express ourselves um, in such a way, creatively, artistically, whatever that looks like for you, we really have to tap into our young self. And I, I frequently tell my people that come to my um, studio that I love when I just get an abundance of people that come, especially the parties that are like 20 plus people. You know, it makes like a little bit more energy, but I do have fun with them. Um, However, I always say my most favorite parties or events are the ones where the babies come, the kids. Nikki loves the kids, okay? When I get um, the children that come into my studio, oftentimes they are the ones that just freely create. Like, I could have this well put out Um, nice sketched canvas for them and with the preset colors and I have my example and I'm like hey you guys you ready to get started and they have already first of all most times they have already started painting before I give instruction which I think that a lot of that comes from the fact that they you know do these things on a daily most times or very frequently in school and daycare preschool all of those things or they're just children and they're just ready you know um which I think is amazing. Usually those are the most unique art pieces because they'll have like a purple face on a a, a black girl. Uh, They'll have green hair. And I'm like, oh my God, that looks so amazing. My goodness. And they just light up. And so um, it reminds me of one time when I was really having a a tough day because, you know, sometimes, you know, I just am not in the mood. I may have had a party scheduled or something that I was supposed to do, but I just may not be in the mood when the time comes. However, it's almost like the lights come on, like if I'm on a stage, when it's time to go, when it's showtime, you know? And so I just kind of, I've had times where I've had to fake through it when I've had life circumstances happening in the background. However, I still try to give my best. And children are the ones that really, really remind me of why I do this. Because uh, I could be having a tough day or whatever, and they'll just look at me. And I had one particular little girl, she was about four or five years old, and I caught her as I was like cleaning up or something and I turned around and looked at her and she was like gazing upon a piece of art that I particularly didn't think was a good piece but you know that's just me but she looked at it and she said wow you really are an artist and I looked at her and I said thank you baby girl for saying that because you know sometimes we just have to be reminded we are what we say that we are what we think that we are and sometimes it takes children and old people to remind us of those things and speaking of which I have a 90 year old auntie which is um I refer to her as Miss Ida Spider Miss Spicy Ida and um people that are my Facebook friends they know of her because she will come on and and you know tell me about myself on my Facebook posts and I talk about her often and um I really appreciate things that she has said to me over the years she is my uh, late grandmother's sister and um she's pretty much been my standing grandmother since I was 12 years old and she has never missed hardly ever missed a family event uh, a play for my children a graduation um, a wedding a birth of a child like baby shower she and she gets very highly uh, upset really when she is not invited to things although we try to recognize the fact that she is getting you know older in age but don't you dare tell her that and I know if she hears that she will be trying to whoop me through 
the podcast mic, but anyways, <laughs> she has encouraged me in so many different ways that, you know, I can't get from other people, you know, um, I think that her wisdom in the way that she uh, expels it is just amazing, and she's just straight to the point. Um, Hennessy no coke you know what I'm saying she shoots straight from the hip sometimes literally <laughs> um but I but I appreciate her and so I'm saying all that to say that over the last seven years as I just said more recently I am now a published author and over the last seven years I have frequently said that I would write a book and I mean to the point where she was one of the people that were like okay when you're gonna get to this book every time I'd write a paragraph a blog um something thought-provoking deep she'd say okay where's my book at I'm, I'm not getting no younger and my eyes ain't getting no better and she really meant that and I took that to heart this year because you know it was just time for me to finish it because I had so many chapters in my life and I entered chapter 40 last month and I was very intentional about wrapping the chapter up because I felt like it was time you know literally last year some things had occurred that really proved to me like yep the, the, the book is done and now it's time to move forward and now you can go ahead and write your story and um, you're at a place where you're able to not just be selectively transparent because you know as you met well maybe if you don't know I think personally that when you uh, are that way now let me back up let me say this I believe that being sharing your story in a way where you're not telling all of your business air quotes or you know, sharing things that you would go back and be cringing at years later, a month later, or even the day later after you've shared it publicly, that is important. It is important to share what you feel comfortable in doing. However, over the years, I have crafted a very, very nice way of sharing a story or two or three or five without telling all of the details and people still get the gist of it still understand and the people that know me for real know what's up but there are other people that don't know me for real and they can infer or they just say wow I didn't know that that happened to you so people have come to me and said things particularly women like wow you didn't know how much that helped me Um, I appreciate your story thank you for being so brave thank you for being courageous they've even went so far as to sharing their own stories and I'm always appreciative about that and I thank them for it I had to learn balance with that and boundaries because sometimes people felt as though because I was so open and transparent that they could come to me and just pretty much emotionally um, vomit (laughs) for lack of a better phrase that's not saying that I don't want to hear people's stories, but I also understand that I am limited in what I can receive and I protect my peace and my um, sanity and all of those things by being very, very careful with um, the going on of, of listening to people because I do understand that, first of all, I do have a story and yes, people are going to um, like that and they're going to know that I can be helpful and I and I really am grateful wholeheartedly. However, I also know that I am not a licensed mental health, health therapist. Um, I also know that I have my limitations as a person, as a woman, as a person that would be able to receive and or help people. And I don't ever want my own life experiences to be um, limiting to them knowing that they they need someone that can help them in a different way. So I just, you know, kind of give maybe some general information. I asked first if they would like my opinion, but even with that, more lately, I've been a lot further removed from it and I and then you know that's not to say that I definitely don't want to help women because I know that that is my purpose however I have to be careful and so anyways saying all of that 
I have learned throughout all of my creative gifts that I have different ways. It's almost like a superpower in which I can emote my feelings. You know, sometimes I don't want to talk to nobody. You know, that's just straight up. I do have a therapist that I've seen for several years. I do have friends that are close enough to where I can share them, share things with them that I believe that they won't judge me about and that they won't, um, you know, try to be condescending or or whatever the case may be. I do have a maybe a couple of friends that I really can be just all the way 100 uncensored. There are others that I'm very careful with what I share and how I do, but I also know that every friend is a different friend for a reason or every person in your life. And so I say all that to say that sometimes I just really ain't feeling talking to nobody. That's including my therapist. And so I am grateful that I have created solo activities that I am able to express myself artistically where I don't need to talk to anyone but I can still get my feelings across I can still know and even if someone is looking at a painting of mine or listening to a two-minute song that I had done or a writing eventually that I shared they may not be able to feel all of those emotions they may not be able to you know know exactly what I was feeling or talking about but I know so that when I go back I can look at that and say wow I remember how hurt I was I remember how excited I was I remember how heartbroken and grieving uh, or going through the grieving process I was I literally have canvases from four years ago two years ago um, you know even a few months ago where I know that underneath those layers of beautifully crafted paint um, or whatever medium that I used were tears and I don't say that lightly because energy is everything um, what I choose to share with people is everything to me I believe that things are sacred I probably would never share with y'all which pieces actually have those tears on them. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'll get to that point where I feel comfortable enough to do so. But it doesn't matter because me being selectively transparent or being transparent to a degree or sharing even that in this podcast, which is something that I really never had said publicly, I don't think, um, it's enough for me. You know, it, it allows me to be free. And if anything, most of the creative people that I know, or even just a person in general, can say that it's freeing for them. Nobody wants to be in bondage when it comes to complicated emotions or things that they've gone through where they just really can't figure out how to share because they want to share, but they may be afraid. And I've crafted a way where I've been able to do that in several different, several different ways. And I'm so appreciative to God and to my creator, seriously, seriously, um, because there are people that may not feel that they have that same allowance and um, I'm just grateful for my many outlets to being able to do so including this very podcast because I had thought about myself being uh, the first guest and it felt a little selfish and or egotistical but then at the same time I said why did you start sis remember why remember your why and you are your why you know you are providing this safe space for artists because there are places that you feel that you couldn't do that at and so here we are and so anyways, um, let's see. I want to talk about my different gifts in sections. I have this thing where I kind of like compartmentalize everything that I do. And I'm trying to get away from that as I'm rebranding with my name, Nikita Vane, um, and have everything that I do under one umbrella. I was intentional when I created my website for my book 
by having it as just my name because I knew eventually I would want to have all of the things that I do housed in one space. You know, um, over the last several years, seven years, because I want to make that a point. Seven is the year or the number of completion. And so it means a lot to me that at seven years from when I started writing my blog publicly, I had written the book and published it. So put a pen in that. We'll come back to it. However, I, again, wanted to know, or I, I did know that I wanted to have a place where I could have all of my gifts housed in one area. And so with that being said, I have had many things where I've done, oh my goodness, so many things on like Facebook. I've had so many like singing pages over here and then an art page over here and then my author page over there and then my blog, you know. Um, and, and so <laughs> it, it was funny because when I did my first podcast after I published, the first question that the um, guy had asked me or first several sets of questions was where can we find you where is your social media where can someone look you up and I literally had like four different links to everything and I said to myself girl girl you need to get this together honey because although you've crafted your your website you've got it you know I got a home for it with your name you haven't even implemented putting them all together and and so for a long time to be honest this is going to sound so crazy. Before a very long time, it was almost as though I wanted my audiences to be separated. You know, I wanted my my people that follow me with my singing to be over here. So they're like, this is Nikita the singer. And if you want to reach out to her to sing, this is where you get her. Or if you want to just watch some videos of her singing or whatever the case may be, then this is how you will find her. And it's almost as though I didn't want, <laughs> it's, so, it's so silly, I didn't want the people that knew me as the singer to know that I did art. How silly is that? I don't even know. It just makes no sense. And so anyway, so I had, you know, started my Common Canvas page, which now is an actual business. And it was like, all right, y'all know me as a singer, but guess what? I'm a visual artist now. And I believe it or not, yes, I did have people that hated on that. They literally... <laughs> told me who does she think she is being a visual artist because she's a singer and it's like wow now I will say let me back some stuff up I will say four years ago that hurt my feelings because I know that I was in a space where it was fresh for me it was new it was exciting to me but it was still a little fearful because it's like yeah I'm breaking into a new genre a new a whole new part of Nikita and I'm, I'm accessing levels of myself that I had never known and people don't know and so that can be scary and so to hear that kind of feedback it's like dang you know what I'm saying? I, I just didn't know how to take it. But now, <laughs> get at your girl, okay? Because she is a whole time, a whole full time um, entrepreneur with her art business, and, and and I'm saying that very humbly. But at the same time, I'm not going to diminish my time for nobody else. So, anyways. Um, I've come to a place where I can accept that about myself and I'm confident in the fact that I have done this. I set out to do it as a venture uh, with a hobby um, and honestly started because I was sad. I was depressed and I was anxious about lots of things that were happening in my personal life and, I, and singing wasn't cutting it for me to get past that moment. I needed another outlet and I never knew that visual art was something inside of me. Now, I will say that when I was in high school, I used to like sketch and I used to um, like art, you know, I've always loved art. Like I've always liked to look at it and, you know, like really take it in. And, and I think that's because I'm just a really highly sensitive person and I, I could look at it and see all the colors and know what they meant, but I never thought I'd be the person that'd be doing it. And so now where I am, I'm just like, yeah, 
you know what? This is it, and this is good. And so I can hype myself up because if you don't, who will? You know what I'm saying? Um, you cannot rely on other people to tell you about yourself. And furthermore, you need to know who you are before anyone else tries to tell you who you ain't. Okay. Ooh, I should coin that. Mm -hmm. So anyways, um, art is art is art. I love it. I, I'm attracted to it. It comes to me. It flows through me. Um, and I'm so glad that I can express that in by way of visual art and I've met many dope people that some of them you will see on future episodes I'm so excited to interview them lots of them are my friends and so I'm excited about that um art has provided me many many things all right so that's enough of that let's get to the next thing before I run out of time um I want to talk about myself as a singer um so again, I've been singing since I was five in the church choir, all those things. If, if you know me, you know my dad's a preacher. We've always been in church, all of those things. Um, my dad's family has a musical background. My um, paternal grandmother, who has gone on to glory about 26, seven years ago, I believe, she was an organist in our church. And um, she had several children that were musicians. So out of the four children that she had, three of them were musicians. One was my dad. He was a singer or is a singer. And then I have an aunt that's a singer as well. And then their older brother, who has also um, passed on, was a um, guitarist. I'm sorry, a bass player, excuse me. And um, so when I was a young child, I used to watch them. They would, they would um, you know, rehearse. They had a singing group. They were rehearsing the basement of our home, and I just would kind of sit there on the steps and watch them. And so I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to sing. My dad was like my first, first, first teacher when it came to that. Of course, I have been doing music my whole entire life. I went to a performing arts elementary school and middle school, and then sadly enough, we moved away. I was supposed to go to Paseo um, High School with my friends, but it didn't happen. So because of the time, I'm not gonna go there. But I was mad, big mad. Okay. Anyways, um, so. When I became a teenager, I started to really learn what my voice could do and, you know, what I wanted it to uh, say. Um, it took me a long time to figure that out because, you know, when you're looking for your identity as um, a creative, it's almost as though when you are young and you're looking for your identity as a teenager, you're going through the same steps. So imagine going through puberty, going through friendships, going through school changes and all of those things and still trying to figure out what type of um, singer you want to be or what type of you know how you want your voice to work um, what what kind of things you're gonna do with it so I were I won my first talent show singing when I was 10 in the fifth grade and I went to Longfellow Elementary School shout out to that um, I sang my favorite song at the time which was um, I believe the children are future <laughs> and so uh, Whitney that's my mama in real life y'all mama don't be mad at me but Whitney is mm, and she's a Leo girl uh, anyways so I sang that song I won my first talent show maybe I'll show you a picture of that when I share this episode because it, I still have it and it, it you know I had my trophies for a very long time they got lost in some moves or something years, several years ago but I prided myself in those things and it was really huge for me because I was very afraid you know I was I had been singing in church but I was afraid to be in a different type of public stage and so I talk about this in my book that I didn't realize at the time that I had what's called stage fright but actually it was like social anxiety and so <laughs> um, over the years I, it had become so bad that I was so anxious to where I would feel nauseous after I sang. Most people get like the pitter patters, the bubble guts and all that stuff before they get up to perform. And it was like, I really hardly ever felt that way. 
not not until I got older because it was like I anticipated oh yeah I'm gonna be singing today and I got this show and so now I got the BGs, you know but um when I was in church at like 14 15 16 my dad would <laughs> often have me come up you know, to sing before he preached or whatever. Um, and I would sing and then I'd get through it and then I felt like immediately like I was going to vomit. And I didn't realize that that was anxiety. And so I now call it by name because that's what it is. And it's not just stage fright. And so that's important to know that through through that, I pushed through. But a lot of the times I was pushing through and faking it, you know, I'm not really sharing with people how it affected me. And that was hard because you you don't deserve in any facet um to be shamed or shaming yourself when you have things that are uncontrollable but really anxiety is just trying to figure out the future and hoping that things don't go badly and so i i guess really i was like thinking oh god i'm gonna miss this no i'm gonna be flat people gonna think i can't sing um or i'm gonna disappoint disappoint my father um, because he was my first teacher and he'd be right there front and center so i i know that now and that's with years and years of therapy that's with years and years of working through all the things and figuring it out for myself and so i just hope that if there's anyone listening that has gone through those things themselves or and or a singer for particularly can use this to be helpful you know what i'm saying like it ain't you sis bro whatever like that's something else that is beyond your control and it's okay even if you know you never find a way or it takes you a long time to find a way to cope it's okay however long it takes you it's really really fine so as I had gotten older um you know let's fast forward when I was about 15, I entered the Kansas City Jazz uh, Camp, which was a summer program that offered a stipend for people, for kids in the uh, KC School District. At the time, I actually had moved away, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But it allowed us to be trained by um, local artists, um, musicians that were phenomenal, that allowed us to get that one-on-one training, and then they had as an incentive, had an incentive of a stipend. It was the bomb.com. I met some great friends. I'm still friends with them now, and I I got a lot of great training under some wonderful people that I still keep in contact with. And so that like set the precedence of what I wanted to do as a singer. And um, it almost kind of catapulted me and to learn how to sing as a solo artist. Of course, I had been in school learning these things, but on a different level or a different stage, um, knowing that I could use these things um, in my later years was really, really helpful. And so, and jazz is actually my first genre of love. And um, that kind of came from my father playing it and all of those things over the years. But anyways, uh, we learned a lot of jazz standards. We learned a lot of um, techniques in the jazz world and I'm so very grateful for that. I wish they really still offered that program because the arts are important especially when it comes to music. But anyways moving forward I had a, um, you know several groups that I was in throughout high school throughout my young adult years. Eventually that fell away and I became a solo artist. I did have um, a song that was on the radio in rotation back in 2001 called The Club Is Jumping and Not A And so people laugh about that because I laugh at it hell. I found that it was still available online somewhere, maybe like last year. It was so hilarious when I found it. Now it's not interesting. But anyways, um, so, you know, I had all these things happening for me. And, you know, looking back, it, it was very exciting. But I just really didn't have um, the right mentor when it came to that. You know, I, I just didn't know how to do this thing on my own and make it work. And um, I just kind of learned the hard way. And so I never let it 
at the time, I really didn't let it deter me from still eventually wanting to become a recording artist. But if you read my book, you'll know, you'll see um, how I did get distracted eventually um, by not continuing to uh, pursue that dream. And so, anyways, read the book. That's what my shameless plug. Oceans and Heavens, available on NikitaVane.com and Amazon. Okay. So, anyways, um, so, yeah, I had this song on the radio my friends were loving it it was great and then you know I got married and I had children and then I went to nursing school and then it was just like oh girl singing is just gonna be a thing that you do whenever and so once I moved forward with my life I eventually got back to the scene with singing and about 10 years ago I started singing on local public stages and I became kind of known I guess whatever you want to call it but let me just say that that you know I call myself Beyonce because (laughs) I love Beyonce, but she also has like this really um, intricate, interesting personality where, you know, you get the Sasha Fierce, you know, she got that alter ego. You get Sasha Fierce and she's all like boom, boom, pow in your face. And then you get the, when you see her on interviews, which she doesn't do anymore, which I am so sad about, Um, or when you see her just publicly, like somebody taking a picture of her paparazzi, she's just more shy and reserved or whatever. Um. I feel like I'm that way too sometimes. Sometimes I can be all like zhuzh, zhuzh in your face, Nikita Bane, like, hey. But then you get Nikki where she's just like, you know what? I don't want everybody to be knowing who I am talking to me while I'm walking my children into the school. I don't like that and I didn't like that. And so I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm still working on it, girl. Anyways, 10 years later, I'm still working it out. Um, I'm saying all that to say that um, eventually I learned my place in music and um, I had a platform, I had a stage plenty of friends that I met throughout that time and then life happened again and I just kind of backed away from it and right now I'm at the point where I one day will eventually no I'm not gonna I'm gonna speak it into existence I'm going to finish an album and I've been talking about it forever but that's you know something that I'm putting a pin in as well because I have lots of other things happening that doesn't mean that they all can't be happening simultaneously so I'm speaking to myself right now there will be an album one day um And I'm grateful for allowing me to, or for my creator to allow me to still be present in all of these artistic ventures that I have, even if it's one gift at a time. I coined that hashtag for myself um, last year when I, or earlier this year when I had my first um, big stage with Tech Nine, who is a local hometown Kansas City favorite. The show that I did with Tech 9 back in April was so amazing because I was able to really, really see what it looks like, it feels like to be a part of something that is a nationally recognized event. It was a live streaming that was done at the sound studio stage where um, his company is. And so it was so cool. Uh, we rehearsed for about a month. There were two background singers, myself and Marlon, and then there were um, several local musicians, and I just got to see how, you know, we meshed well together. Um, I knew a couple of them from, you know, over the years uh, with doing music, but this was just different, and it was awesome, and Technon is really down to earth, so shout out to him. What's up, bro? <laughs> and, you know, I, for, let me say this, I know that I have a lot of artistic, artistic gifts, so thank God for that. 
but music will always and forever be my first love. Absolutely. I will always return to that. I know I've said earlier in this podcast that I want to record an album. I will do that. Um, That gave me a lot of confidence actually back then to be able to do so because I had to learn material really quickly. Um, And I had some background in recording and all of that. So that was really helpful too. And so it was pretty cool. It was really cool, actually. Um, So I want to also talk about around that time, I, you know, was walking through a lot of different situations that were happening in my life simultaneously. It just kind of seemed like, you know, if I really were to be negative about it, I would just say when it rains, of course, but I didn't look at it like that. I just said, man, this the universe is pressuring me like a diamond. Um, I know it didn't feel like that in the moment, but looking back, I know that those things were happening at the same time because they needed to. And it produced, you know, where I am now. I'm able to look back and say, wow, I can't even believe this was the same year, like 60 months ago. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm, the point that I'm making here is during that time, it allowed me to tap back into my first love, which was singing. Um, and during the rehearsals, Um, I was able to remember why I love singing. Um, I'm able to really emote emotion or to show the emotion that I feel vocally. um, And I was able to express it in a different way. So I I was doing this thing called Two Minute Songs. And so there's an app that has like, you know, producers that do beats and things where you can record yourself for free. And it's pretty, pretty dope because you can search some really, really awesome producers that are unknown underground or whatever you want to call it and you can just record yourself and save them and share them on social media and that's what I did you know I had some times where I wanted to process by writing I had times I wanted to process by just painting or throwing splattering paint putting it on a canvas letting them tears drop and fall while I listen to music or whatever but um there were also times where I just wanted to sing and some of those things I have plenty of those songs that I never ever shared with anyone um, that are really good, but um, I had this thing at that time where I was recording myself and doing the two-minute songs, and what people, some people may not realize um, is that I actually just turned the music on, and then I just sang. Like, when I say it was more like a freestyle, that's exactly what it was. There were a couple where I actually wrote out some of the words, but most of them were just me singing over the beat and exactly what I felt in that moment, and they were so good, you know, to the point where people were like um you need to record this (laughs) like for real and you know that little fear that little seed of doubt came in the back of my mind like "Mm -mm, girl that is no no ma'am but what I have learned what I've learned um and I read this quote somewhere that the greatest bodies of work are birthed through pain and I'm gonna tell you what you cannot fake authenticity you cannot fake uh, real shit you just can't and so I'm telling you those little two minute songs were from the heart from the gut they they were where I was at the time and, and my biggest fear was oh my god people are gonna know how I really feel about this situation or oh my god I don't want people to think that they should feel sorry for me or pity but girl anyways honey I literally told myself girl boo and you need to keep it moving um because people obviously respect and resonate with your authenticity so what the hell are you trying to cover up like why because when you do that you're doing yourself an injustice as well as other people most definitely yourself because if you're feeling this shit you just need to feel it and it's good people like it think about mary j blige i watched her oh my gosh oh my gosh 
I watched her documentary a couple of months ago, and I have a newfound respect for her. Not to say that I didn't respect her at all. She's not one of my favorite artists per se, but I really do um, love her music. I mean, you know, straight up. She's real. She's raw. She's authentic. But watching her talk about her music really did something for me. 20 plus years after she had written My Life, she listen to them uh, I don't know if you guys seen the documentary if you haven't please check it out I can't remember if it's on Netflix or Hulu or Prime Video Prime Video I think anyways she was able to sit down for the first time in a long time and listen to her own music and she was in tears because she recalled where she was in the moments that she wrote them and I'm telling you that was powerful she talked about her um, domestic violence relationships um, she talked about her pain she talked about her childhood trauma she talked about all these things that I don't follow her closely enough and I never have to really know that about her um, I mean of course you know from the pop cultural standpoint of a little bit of what she's gone through but I'm telling you the way that she able was able to like just sit there and close her eyes and listen to herself sing and knew what that pain meant man man man, man. artists are the best interpreters of their art um, when I was in a collective art group here we used to have art artist talks and it was the best thing ever because we were able to actually talk about what our art meant for us and what we were feeling when we did the art and that's the most vulnerable place to be it's scary as hell I mean because sometimes you don't know if you should share those intimate parts of you especially with strangers you know um, but it was helpful to be able to have that experience so that when I moved forward in my own ventures I was able to implement those things just like I'm doing right now okay and it's same thing when I was doing my music same thing when I am when I was writing my book now that I have been doing a few book signings I'm able to utilize that tool to be 100% authentically vulnerable and that shit's hard but it is worth it because people cannot connect to just your facade they cannot connect to thinking that you have it all together I literally got off on an interview just 20 minutes ago where she said I want to be like you because you seem to have it all together I said let me stop you right now sis because I don't ever want anybody to think that that's the case because that ain't true I struggle. Um, I might have accomplished a lot of things on paper. It might look really good and shiny, but that shit, it was hard, and it still is, and I'm walking through it, and I'm just proud of myself. I always hype myself with money. I give myself all the accolades, all the affirmations, and ain't even enough room on this podcast. <laughs> okay, no, seriously, but... You have to do that because we as women, particularly black women, we squash ourselves into spaces where we don't fit. And then we have the nerve to feel like we shouldn't even be shining because we're scared that people are going to think we're doing too much. And I do all of the much. OK, I was that kid that talked too much in class, but I always got my work done. I mean, I literally would be like, but did you die? The, the teacher would write it on the report, but I'd be like, but did you die? I did it. Right. OK, so leave me alone. <laughs> I. Listen, nobody can nobody can contain all of this. I always I always knew that I'd be a one, someone that would talk in whatever that would be. And so now I'm creating spaces for myself to be able to do that authentically. And people love it. It's fun. It's me. I'm on my 100% myself now. I am very um, mindful of the spaces that I should share certain things. But this is my podcast, so I'm going to talk freely, you know? Anyways, child, um, back to singing. It's my first love. It's my forever love. I'm always going to be the singer. 
y'all gonna get an album from me at some point and I'm gonna continue to watch all of my friends flourish and do all of the wonderful things that they're doing and supporting them too because that inspires me to be like wow you know what I'm saying like you know you hear those stories when they say uh so and so didn't get discovered till they was this age Viola Davis or I'm just giving some names like some people that didn't get discovered I'm using air quotes or be out there until they're in their 40s that's gonna be me I want y'all to mark this okay mark the word but anyways, I feel like I'm running out of time, so I'm, I'm going to move forward. All right, the time is now. We got like five more minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and switch it up, okay? Maybe I'll have a part two of this episode. But um, I am now a published author, and I am so excited, glad, proud of myself because I've been saying that I'm going to do this for a very long time. I, as I shared before, for seven years, I started blogging seven years ago and sharing things transparently um, and all of that and writing on social media, writing in my journals. I've kept a journal for 10 years. I still have them. Um, as I ventured into writing my book, I started to open them up and try to read them and thinking, oh, I've been writing forever so I can incorporate those things in my book. And it was like, girl, boo, shut the door and close it and lock that thing down and up. No, those are things that are reserved for yourself <laughs> only. And thank God for therapy because I've been able to express my feelings and my really close friendships. Love my friends. Thank you. Shout out to them. Um, where I can express myself there because I'm no longer going to exploit myself in my healing process for public consumption to pick apart my story. Now, I, again, and I know that might sound weird because I just released a book, right? Talking about my romantic relationships, friendships, motherhood, all those things. Um, but again, I, of course, I was very intentional with how I shared. I was more... Uh, transparent than I have been because it started out selectively but I also am very careful because there are sacred relationships that I do want to protect uh, which are definitely my children's relationships and then my immediate family for sure and even some of my very close friendships too so anyways um, I loved writing at the age of 12 I discovered creative writing when I went to the Kansas City Middle School of the Arts which was the feeder middle school to Paseo High School and um, I love creative writing. I just love that we even had that as a subject because I, talking about it now, it seems so foreign thinking about my children in their high school and they, they just have like basic skills. I mean, they may have a creative writing course. I honestly don't know. But my children aren't interested in that and that's okay. But I learned um, that I loved creative writing way back then and I had suppressed that, um, pushed it down. It wasn't until, let's see, that had to be like 93. So it wasn't until about maybe 2011-ish I started writing in even a journal. But that was for another purpose. But I started to write poetry. I started to write things. And I didn't even know at the time I was writing poetry. I was just writing to be writing. And so I was able to collect all those stories over time and, and create, craft a way to write songs, um, poetry, a book whatever you know all these things that have helped me over the last several years and so I eventually published my book I did a self-publishing I had a friend that was able to walk me through the process and then also I read many many forums many many books watch YouTube's I'm in groups on Facebook things that I was so not used to doing because I always want to figure things out on my own and not have help but I was like this ain't it sis and then I hired an editor because that's the thing to do. You cannot do that stuff on your own. Even though I'm a grammar queen and I think that I'm a really good editor, I knew that I didn't want to do it that, that way because I wanted to be professional. And so I did design my own cover. Um, if you've been following me, you know that I do a lot of art stuff and I used my own art from last summer to do my cover, which was wonderful. And so I'm just so proud of myself. 
for that. People have shared with me already, have had very impactful uh, reviews and stories as to sharing their own stories with me and telling me how much it has helped them. And I had said something last week in my book signing that, you know, I'm still grateful for the people that don't share how it's impacted them because I don't want it to be like, oh, well, you helped me through this and I'm forever indebted to you and forever grateful. I am happy if there's one woman or two or three that read this, close the book, cry some good tears, walk away from a toxic situation, friendship, or learn how to navigate um, being a mother in a different way. And they they never ever tell me how much it impacts them, but it does impact them. And so this episode is going to be coming to an end because my time is up. I hope that I've been able to share and express all of the things in Nikita Vane is. I appreciate you all for listening to my first episode. Please subscribe to the post. Uh, I'm sorry, the post. I'm so used to saying that. Subscribe to the podcast and please be on the lookout for wonderful artists that are coming, creatives. I'm going to have so many good things I can't wait to share with you all. I'm looking forward to this new journey and have a wonderful and blessed day. Goodbye.